Welcome to Reasonably Fit, the podcast where we'll teach you everything you need to know about health and fitness, but in a much more reasonable way than you might be used to. Think about us as your friendly fitness experts, but we're chill about it. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Reasonably Fit. We are scalding right now (laughs) it's about 97 degrees in new hampshire and it's been it's been quite a scorching hot last couple weeks i'd say yeah it's been a hot summer the whole summer i feel like has been hot nice weather though like sunny at least yeah it has just been like raining all the time and but you know bits of rain here and there to get the uh, the plant life not completely perishing so that's been nice (laughs) although we are on a water um Mm. Like we have to a water watch. Yeah, I don't really know, I don't know what, what that called. is, but we're just supposed to be careful with our water usage right now. Mm, yeah, so. yeah. Um, but I'm very excited because my basketball hoop that Lauren got me for Father's Day has just been installed. Yeah. It's been kind of a, a big ordeal because I, I guess you have to like you can't just like dig a hole like you like we ended up hiring people just because I wanted to do it right, but. You can't just dig a hole. You have to like call uh, DigSafe, which is a company that makes that like kind of contacts all the utility companies to make sure there aren't any utility lines in the way that we could possibly rupture and all that. So it's been this sort of long drawn out process. So I'm pretty excited. The buildup has been tremendous. Yes. And I've been very excited. Before we move into this house, Lauren was like, okay, um, let's just talk about non-negotiables. Let's talk about, okay, we should probably have a backyard. It should probably have a fence um, and just some various details. And I was like, um, I just really want a basketball hoop. <laughs> just classic like, guy. <laughs> I feel like that's something we could add on later, but okay, we can keep that in mind as we're house hunting. You know, and this was like, <laughs> and Lauren was joking as we were leaving this house because we loved it. And she was like, you know, it's really nice, but doesn't have a basketball hoop. <laughs> <laughs> it hit on like every other yeah. thing possible. So, but fast forward six months later, Lauren gets me the basketball hoop, and I am thrilled. Yay! I'm not, I'm not awesome at basketball in general, but. If you ever played the game Pop a Shot in no. arcades oh. or carnivals or in random like dive bars, I am the king of Pop a Shot. I have I have footage of Jason just breaking <laughs> records at, at like every arcade we go to. <laughs> I, I have this thing where anytime I pass by, I have to go and beat the high score no matter what. And I'm spending like eight dollars on this machine. People are waiting on me, and I have to finish it. Um, there's been a handful of times where I haven't, and it's left me with a sour taste in my mouth ever since. <laughs> you also always do them at carnivals, and I always end up. I'm walking around like I, we're acting like we go to a lot of arcades and carnivals. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like throughout our you know 15 years of knowing yeah. each other. But anytime we've been at any sort of carnival or anything together, you always have to play the basketball things, and you always win. And I'm in, I you're like, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know. And the only options because it's always the big like feature right so it's like Enormous you can get these massive teddy bears so i'm always end up walking around with like <laughs> five stuffed animals <laughs> the rest of the time no that's not have. papa shot though that is just like the rigged carnival game yeah and but i'm you not sure still somehow always win them i'm not sure if that's a good thing or not that i'm not particularly adept at shooting at a regular basketball hoop but i can <laughs> in a carnival hoop. i don't know if my form is that off but uh, i tend to be good at those i don't know why well, i wonder if they're rigged against righties Oh, and you're lefty, the lefty and there's like bypasses. something, maybe. Could be. Any southpaws out there, if you can confirm this, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, we should get into the episode. Yes. Today. This has been brought up because Lauren had a scorching hot 104 fever. Yeah. We, we had Hotter some... than the temperature outside. And this is actually a PR for you, 
Or did we talk about this last we time? We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was a PR for you. Highest recorded temperature. It's in the Guinness book. And <laughs> yeah, I, I I had like a 100, 100 degree fever. So I was definitely like not feeling my best. So we decided that we would talk about how to train after being sick. Yeah. And I mean, this has been coming up so much with our RISE members as well in the RISE group, the Facebook group. People are always saying like, how do you start? Like, I've been sick for two weeks. How do I come back? Obviously with COVID, that's been a big topic of conversation is like, okay, I have COVID. My symptoms are X, Y, and Z. How would you suggest that I return to exercise? And so we are going to give some generalized um, pieces of advice in terms of returning to exercise after your classic cold or after, you know, just being out with an illness that then pretty quickly resolves itself after a few days. And then we will go into what some of the research is saying about how to return to exercise for athletes and for, you know, just everyday people working out uh, when it comes to COVID, because that is slightly different because some of the effects are, well, a lot of the effects are very different for a lot of different people and they can be a lot more long lasting. So we're going to talk about that after we talk about a more generalized return to exercise from illness. Yeah. And we haven't necessarily broached this topic very specifically because it is dependent on the person, right. right? Everyone has different circumstances and different recover recovery abilities and, and things like that. So we haven't necessarily put out anything specific along these lines. So just take this whole podcast with a bit of a grain of salt. We're trying to use some more generalized answers here based upon what we feel and also has worked with our members in person in the past. And we've kind of like kind of populated all of that and kind of put together a general plan for what to think about when you're returning from sickness. Absolutely. And just to make it explicitly clear, none of this is medical advice. We are not yeah. <laughs> doctors. This is all going to be from our experience as personal trainers, people who have worked with folks to help them regain a level of fitness after being sick. But none of this is medical advice. And if you are questioning whether you are fit to return to exercise, you should always be speaking with your doctor because like Jason just said, everything is very individual. So this will be more general advice um, and things that you will take from our own experience and hopefully will help you kind of have a better understanding of how you can approach it if you're not dealing with anything major. Yeah. But if you are dealing with something major, for sure, absolutely always be seeking out professional medical advice. Yes, exactly. All right. So we'll get into the episode. I think the Number one thing that I feel like a lot of people face, especially if you are on a consistent training regimen, a training program, let's say you're on rise and you are in sort of this progression and you get in your head because you're sick, but you're doing this weekly progression and you feel bad because if you miss a week, you feel like you're really missing out on your gains, you're skipping out on the program, and you start to panic a little bit, I think, right? And when you panic a little bit, you might try to rush to get back into the gym earlier than your body is ready for. And even if you do get your whole workout in, it's probably at a lower level than you were the week before, and that can get into your head. So basically, hopefully this podcast kind of just gives you a lit little bit of like an understanding that it's not the end of the world. Yes, you might lose out on a couple weeks here and there, but this is why we always talk about treating your training as just a 
long scale activity, right? And so this little illness that you have for the next couple of weeks, yes, it disrupts your training in the short term, but in the long run, it's just a tiny little blip that isn't really going to impact your gains in, in the long term. Yeah, definitely. The, the thing that people tend to be the most worried about and concerned about, like you said, are losing all the progress that they've worked so hard for. And this comes up with sickness, this comes up with pregnancy, this comes up with a lot of different stages in life where you have to reroute your training. And there's all this nervousness and all of this anxiety around losing everything that you've worked for years for. Like, is all of a sudden all of it going to go away? And are you starting from scratch? And that is the fear, but that's not the reality. Yes. Yeah. And your first week of training back, we're going to give some more like tangible examples, but your first week of training back you're going to feel extremely weak, deconditioned, and you're going to panic a little bit. Yeah, you're going like, to think that you actually did lose Like everything. I actually <laughs> lost all my games. I've been working out for three years and I just lost all my games in the last week. And that's really what you're going to feel because everything just feels so heavy. And so the first week, what we treat it as is this sort of like reacclimatization. Is that a word? Reacclimatization. not, it should be. Sort of phase. And so that first week, don't think about trying to... Uh, hit the same weights that you were uh, using last week. Don't try to go above those weights that you hit last week because I know a lot of you, you read the program and it says, move up five pounds the next week and you force yourself to do it because you're type A and you're a rule follower. But just take all those numbers aside. And what we like to do is we, depending on the severity of it, if it is a severe cold flu, something that really knocks you out, we actually like to start off at around 50% weights just across the board. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have squats planned for that day and lunges. And for squats, you use 100 pounds and lunges, you use 25 pounds in each hand. What you would want to do for that workout is 50 pounds for your squats and about 10 to 15 pound weights in each hand for your lunges. And when you grab them, you're going to start to feel a little bit silly like, oh, like why am I even bothering to do this right now? But it's so important to get your body used to moving again and exerting itself exerting itself because probably in the last six to seven days or so you've been pretty bedridden you've been not sleeping as well just things aren't optimal and so it's really important to kind of reacclimate yourself to working out and what we'd also recommend is let's say your whole workout takes about an hour or so we'd recommend starting off with just 30 minutes of activity like finish half of your workout and then move on with your day. So you get that sort of reacclimatization, <laughs> and then you're able to recover and then go back at the gym the next day. And you'll most likely find that you can probably go a little bit longer, a little bit further. Yeah. But with this working out period, you're going to feel really out of breath and everything is going to feel heavy. And again, you just have to remind yourself, this is just, I'm just reacclimating myself to a working out environment and it's going to get better. But right now I didn't lose all my gains. I'm just kind of punching the clock getting this workout in just so I can kind of regroup next week. Yeah. I mean, that's literally exactly what I did coming back from being sick last week. So I was out for, I was really sick for, I would say three or four days. And then I took the rest of the week off. Like by Thursday, I was like, I'm feeling better, but I'm not feeling a hundred percent. And I was questioning, like, do I try to get down there now? And then my fever kept like going up and down. I still would get headaches here and there. And I was like, no, I'm going to take this whole week off. I'm just going to let it be a week off, like let my body rest and recover. 
and I'll start back up on Monday. And Monday came, I was like, I was feeling actually good. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And I went downstairs to do um, my first set of hip lifts, which I had been doing at about like for the eight reps. I think I've been doing it at like 225, something like that. I loaded 135 on the bar to warm up. Yeah. And I was like, this is my working weight today. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is it. <laughs> this is where I'm, this is where I'm at. And and because I've done this so many times and I've seen other people go through this so many times, I knew that that wasn't my full strength potential mm-hmm. in general. But I did also recognize that that felt heavy for me that day. And I needed to honor my body and allow that to be my working weight and not push to, and it's not even 50%, like not worry about where I'm at and just do what feels like manageable. Yeah. And you you were doing your sets and you were huffing and puffing and you were like what is wrong with me like and yeah I think I feel like you were just having a lot of mental self prep pep talks in between sets after sets and all that because yeah it was it was kind of a bear to get through yeah it was and so the other thing I did was I actually did my main lift my hip lifts and whatever that was supersetted with and then I did the next superset and I think I only did three rounds of my main lift instead of four. And then I think I did three rounds of the next superset. And then that was it. I didn't do the third superset. I didn't do the finisher. I was like, that feels like a lot of work for my body right now. I'm going to go ahead and call that a win because I, I re-acclimatized myself, <laughs> whatever you've been saying. <laughs> I really like the word, but yeah. I don't. I definitely don't think it exists. I change it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I re-acclimated my body to exercise. And tomorrow I'm going to be able to come back and do another workout. And I think that was the biggest thing was I could have pushed harder, but I think it would have worn me out so much more that I don't think I would have been able to get down there on Tuesday. Like yeah. I think I would have needed another extra day of rest before being able to come back again instead of being like, okay, I can I can actually do like mentally I can handle doing kind of a similar approach to my day two workout tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's say this was 10 years ago and we were kind of in our 20s and earlier on in our journeys, I bet both of us would have just moved up five pounds from the previous week because, you know, progressive overload is everything. And like we're on a powerlifting program. We would have forced ourselves to finish off whatever, like five sets of five at five pounds from the previous weight, the previous week, even though we were, we've been sick for the last couple of weeks or so. Yeah. And then we would have felt even more disappointed because Mm. we tried that weight and we would see how heavy it felt. So it was like by allowing myself to try a lighter weight before I even went to my what should have or would have been my working weight and and like actually felt that that was heavy yeah and that was hard then that allowed me to reframe like where i needed to be that day but yeah. if you, if i was just like nope 225 is the weight Force that i need it. to go to and like loaded up the bar i would have been then i would have been like oh my gosh i feel so weak i can't even lift this off the ground and that would have put me in a whole different spiral yeah and i've been there's two different scenarios that at least happened to me back then when i would try this approach is one I would get through like one to two sets, just pure willpower. And then I just couldn't do the rest of the sets. Then I would drop off weight. But at that point, my body was so fatigued that I couldn't really go on any further. And so I've ultimately done two sets. Mm. Or the alternative is I've gotten injured, tweaked something, and then that sets me back even further. And so again, this 50% phase is so important to just reacclimate yourself and just have your body get primed again after a period of inactivity. Yeah. And now after doing that, so for the most part, for most people, a week of this sort of 50% effort and 50% like volume, 50% weight, all of that 
a week of that is typically enough to help your body get reacclimated to working out, <laughs> to feel the movements again, to get your blood flowing, to get your heart rate up, but not so much to like set you backwards. Yep. That then the following week, you can come into it and typically you're actually going to be back to the strength you were at prior yeah, to being sick. Pretty close, exactly. And so this is kind of where... So the last example is like if you've been like really knocked out with something for, you know, a week or more than a week and it's been pretty hard. This sort of next phase is either for those who are moving on to the next phase in your training or for people who kind of had like a little bit of a bug, but then it was like two or three days and it wasn't too big of a deal. At this point, I kind of like the idea of using around 70 to 80 percent loads. So you're kind of like bumping up a little bit. Now, I like this because it's obviously more challenging than the 50% loads from the week before, but from here, what we like to recommend is using ascending sets. So you start off at around 70 to 80%. So for your squats, for for this particular example, you might use 70 to 80 pounds. And then for your lunges, you might use, I don't know what it is, 15 to 20 pounds or so. (laughs) (laughs) And what you want to do is do that for your first set And then you just listen to your body and play it by ear. And oftentimes you'll say, you know what? Actually, that felt pretty good. Let me go up 10 pounds. Let me go up a little bit more. And eventually you get to a point where maybe you're doing 80, 90, maybe even returning completely back like you just mentioned to your working weights from the prior week. This wouldn't have been possible without that 50% sort of acclimatization phase (laughs) from the week before. Um, But this is kind of a way to kind of reintroduce things. And so again, you're doing ascending sets, but then what we want you to do is do around 75% of your workouts. And if you feel like you can do even more, you can finish the whole workout if you'd like, but just go in that week with the understanding that you're going to do about 70 to 80% loads, 70 to 80% effort. And so that if you can't really go all the way, you're not feeling bad about it, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So we like to call that sort of second week of training our ramping up zone or ramping up phase because you go from your reacclimatization into your ramp up and then finally in the third week you should actually be completely normal and actually probably progressing from the week before you were sick so you're probably going to be able to get that 105 pound squat 30 pound lunge and so it feels like it's going to be a long drawn out process but you're going to be right back on track now in terms of your training program like let's say you're on a 16-week training regimen, I would just tell you to just expand it out to 18 weeks. And so you just took a little bit of a two-week sort of uh, hiatus there because of your sickness, and you're just kind, you're just tacking on a couple more weeks and drawing it out a little bit further. And I think that would be totally fine, especially during your higher reps. Like it might be a little bit more challenging when it gets to triples and doubles and singles, but this does tend to work. Uh, pretty well. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you so if you were on week eight, for example, mm-hmm. and then you got sick, you would do so you skip week nine, you do your fifty percent at week ten, then you do your seventy five percent at week eleven. When you start back up on week twelve, technically, would you do week ten? Weights? weights? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 if my body's allowing for it, then yeah. yeah. Uh, if not, I would probably go like 95, 100% weights. And then the following week would be week 10 weights. Yeah. And then you would just push back everything else. <laughs> exactly. Like, so you yeah. do week 10 weights, week 10 reps, like all of that. And then basically just like go along with the program from there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, you know, we did run into situations where people will get sick in the middle of a training cycle, preparing for an actual like powerlifting competition, Olympic lifting competition. Uh, we won't really touch on that today because it is so individual to the person. Like we're constantly assessing how uh, recovered they feel, how heavy the weights feel because, you know, and like there have been times where we, we recommend just to just to go to the meet and don't expect to have a huge PR. Just go there. Just don't get hurt because we want to be prepared for the next you know, competition and whatnot. Yeah. So um, that one is really highly variable. But for the average person who isn't competing, they can easily just push their max out out a couple of weeks from there. Yeah. And then for people who aren't doing any sort of max out and they're just following a training program to follow a training program, like you can just hop back on the program wherever it's at. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I did. So I'm not training for anything. I'm not trying to max out anything, I'm not trying to PR anything. So I just let that week that I missed be a week that I missed. Yeah. And I didn't try to redo it. I didn't go backwards and try mm. to finish that week. I just took it off and then I just started back up where my program was. So I think that if you're not being as specific with your training and you don't have as specific goals, it's fine to just move forward instead of looking back and trying to play catch up because yeah. you never will catch up and then you're always going to feel like you're behind. So just jumping back in wherever the program is at is also a really reasonable way of doing it. That's such a good point. And that's something that happens in Rise all the time where newer members will jump on and say, oh, I was on vacation last week. I got sick the last couple of weeks. Like, do I try to make it up? And because they feel bad and they feel like they they should and they shouldn't have missed those training sessions. And they're like, sometimes they'll outline their plan and it's like, 12 workouts in a matter of seven days and we're like well how are you how are you gonna possibly squeeze that in and honestly if they did squeeze that in that would ruin their training right. for the rest of the month really because their bodies will be so shot from all that stimulus so like lauren mentioned if you're not competing it's actually even better because you just just take those weeks off extend out your training and then just jump back in when you're ready and don't worry about those two weeks that you sort of had to take it a little bit of a step back and then just move on with your training. Yeah. Like it's just pretty seamless. Yeah. It just doesn't have to be like a, a, a catching up thing. Catching up thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So we just spit out a lot of different <laughs> numbers and percentages and all that. So let me just try to wrap that up into a nice, neat little bow. So you just got sick. It was pretty severe and you're wondering how to get back into the swing of things, we recommend that first week of training to reacclimate your body to training. And we recommend around 50% loads across the board for every single exercise and about 50% of the workout done each day. Second week, we recommend starting at around 70 to 80% loads, expecting to finish about 70 to 80% of your workout and utilizing ascending sets based upon how you feel. And so you might feel on your first day of squats week two during this sort of ramp up week, you do 70 pounds and you're like, you know what? Actually, that felt pretty good. Let me do 80 pounds. Okay, that actually felt pretty good. Let's do 90 pounds. And then finally, that last set, you're like, you know what? I can actually match the weights that I was going to do on uh, the week that I got sick and you do 100 pounds. And so you might find that you're able to ascend throughout that set. But starting off at that 90 to 100% range probably would have been a little bit too much to acclimate your body again during that set. So it's nice to have that sort of ascending factor. And then finally, the third week, more than likely, you can use the same weights that you're using the week before you got sick, or you might be even able to progress. So altogether, it's been sort of a three-week process. Week one, reacclimate. 
Week two, you ramp back up. Week three, you're back to normal. Perfect. All right. So that has been sort of in regards to a general cold, something that's pretty like you said severe, but I think what you meant was like your symptoms were knocking you out, but like yes, it yeah, wasn't yeah. a medical diagnosis of any kind. It was just kind of like you just got sick, yeah. you know, you just got sick. You didn't feel good and you needed to take a week off of training. Right. Now let's talk about COVID because that is something that people... <laughs> A lot of people are still getting <laughs> for maybe the second or third time. And everyone has been asking, what is the approach? What do you do? And so there's been a lot of research about this now. And there are a lot of articles out there from very reputable sources that kind of all confirm the same thing. I'm going to I'll link one of the um, sources that I'm using for this, which was from it was called Safe Return to Physical Activity After COVID-19. It was from ACSM, which is um, the American College of Sports Medicine. Thank you. Um, so they are a certifying body for personal trainers, and they also do a lot of research for just exercise in general. This was written by a doctor, Dr. Meredith N. Turner. And so I'll just read a little blurb from her article. It says, expert panels agree on several general principles for gradual return to exercise. And this is sort of what we've been talking about with gradually returning to exercise. <laughs> um this says specifically, low-risk patients should rest for at least 10 days after being di diagnosed with COVID-19. If asymptomatic for seven days, they can begin a gradual return to physical activity. So even if you're asymptomatic, even if you are really not experiencing any negative side effects, you still should rest at least 10 days before returning to exercise. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of outlines what a gradual return to physical activity means. So it basically says, first, you want to just return to your normal routine. So work or school and just kind of general daily activities, daily living activities, mm -hmm. right? Then you should be able to ensure that you can perform activities like walking 500 meters on a flat surface without experiencing fatigue or shortness of breath. So you're just gradually introducing movement and really like trying to figure out how is your body responding? Does this feel normal? Does this feel excessive? Do I feel excessively out of breath for this type of activity? And you're just trying to assess where you're at. It says initial physical activity should consist of light exercise for 15 minutes. <laughs> so this again is all very similar to what we were saying. And it says athletes should engage in at least two weeks of minimal exertion before resuming their sport. Increases in volume, time performing the activity, and load intensity should be gradual. So pretty much the same advice, but I do think the timeline is a little bit more expanded Pushed for yep. COVID. It, it does seem like because there are so many potential symptoms outside of just like you have a cold, like it could lead to a lot more shortness of breath. It could lead to um, heart rate spiking at a higher rate. And so they're basically just saying, make sure that you're really paying attention to what how your body is responding to exercise before just resuming your your full mm. workout routine again. Yeah, I think something underrated there that you just mentioned um, is the idea that just your everyday life stuff like counts as part of your overall exertion levels. And you'll find that when you get started back on your like normal daily routines, like things that used to be things that you didn't even think about are actually really challenging. Like mm -hmm. when I was carrying Kinsley up and down the stairs, I was like, well, I'm like huffing and puffing. Like this is exhausting. <laughs> um, and so that's definitely something to consider as well. Like just 
you kind of almost have to ramp up your everyday life activities too. Yeah, definitely. And so with COVID, it does feel like people have such a wide range of symptoms that it's going to really vary from person to person in terms of what you feel comfortable with, what you can physically and (laughs) mentally take on in terms of exercise. But that general recommendation of waiting at least 10 days from when you were diagnosed, whether you are symptomatic or not, is, is really good advice. And then the gradual graded exposure back into exercise. Is yeah, really important. There is um, a lot of research out there, like talking about like how long it takes before you actually start to see decreases in strength gains, decreases in muscular gains, decreases in aerobic endurance, and things like that. Um, as far as strength and muscle goes, I think there's at least a thirty day period before that actually starts to go down. And so it's like you can go a full month without lifting. Yes, you'll feel weak, but it just means that you'll bounce right back up as soon as you sort of reacclimate your body back to training. And so again, just kind of not panicking that this is taking so long and that you're getting so much weaker. Like again, this is a long journey. It's going to be a blip in your long journey and to not overthink this. Yeah. Now that changes when you have some things like long COVID, which a lot of people are struggling with, or any sort of long-term illness, whether it's a chronic disease that you've been diagnosed with, cancer, like there are a lot of things that you are diagnosed with that that you could be diagnosed with that are going to be a much longer journey in terms of being able to recover from them, being able to exercise again, all those things. And so maybe now we can talk about how to mentally approach that and then how to physically (laughs) approach that once you're able to start getting back into exercise. Yeah. So this is obviously very tricky. Yeah. (laughs) And we've had a number of members in the past that have had various sorts of illnesses and, you know, immune system stuff going on that we've had to um, coach through. And a lot of it is just a lot of mental reframing, Mm -hmm. expectation setting. There's a lot of stuff in there that you'll want to go through yourself as well. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things is when you are experiencing something more long term like this. Asking yourself, what is working out for? Why are you using, why is exercise important to you right now? Why are you exercising in the first place? Because it is different. It's going to be different now, right? Like your why is going to is going to be a little bit different. It might have before been because you wanted to be able to go run a 5K or because you wanted to put on more muscle. You wanted to look a certain way. Like there might have been more aesthetic reasons that you were working out. And now your priorities probably have shifted to really wanting to focus on recovery and getting better and getting healthier and being able to still move and and maintain a level of strength despite what's going on in your life. And so first things first is to sort of evaluate what's going on in your life right now and why is training important to you because that's then going to help you reset your goals and reset your approach to working out because it's no longer for the same purpose as it was before you got sick. And so what that will do is most likely help you realize that you don't need to be lifting the same amount of weight that you were lifting before. You don't have to be using progressive overload principles. You don't need to see progress every single week. You might have something where you have flare-ups, right? We've worked with folks who have MS where they might have weeks where they're feeling really strong. They're not noticing as many symptoms. And then they might have weeks where their symptoms are a lot worse. And so things are going to fluctuate up and down. And in those cases, 
always being like, I need to progressively overload. I need to focus on progress. Like that's never going to be helpful to you mentally or physically because if you're trying to accomplish that physically and your body is saying no and is giving you like a lot of waving all these red flags (laughs) and you're just like doing it anyway because you think that that's what you're supposed to do, that's not actually going to accomplish your goal of improving your health and of trying to manage your illness or whatever is going on in your body. So just remembering that this is now you just now have a different purpose behind exercise and to try to remove some of those previous notions of what it means to or what it looks like to be fit or to work out. Yeah. So in any of these cases where you have any sort of illness that is more long term, it's definitely important to have an entire team working together. I think that that's something that can Mm. be missed is that you go see the doctor and then you go see your physical therapist and then you go see your trainer, but none of them are talking to each other. And the best thing that you can possibly do is have a team of people who actually communicate with each other. We loved when somebody would say, hey, I'm going to go see a physical therapist. Would you mind if I put you in touch with them? Or I'm my doctor you know, is curious about what type of exercise we're doing. Would you mind sending them over our program? That was the best experience for us because then we actually got to work with medical professionals and make sure that we were all on the same page and all trying to help this person be the best that they can be and recover in the best way that they can. But if nobody is is corresponding with each other and everybody's sort of like going in blind a little bit to what else is going on in your with your medical history, it can be a lot harder for people to know like the right approach to take, right? Mm. So the more that you can get people working together, your medical team working with your trainer working with or even just looking at the program like show them the workout program that you're doing and if they have questions you know have them contact whoever wrote the program like that that all is going to be so beneficial in making sure that this is like a holistic approach yeah and going back to what you were talking about with um sort of like reevaluating your goals and setting expectations again you've had to do a lot of that sort of like stuff for yourself throughout the last couple of pregnancies right so it's like throughout that 10 month period and then an additional six weeks on top of it, you've really had to let go of a lot of the previous weights you've been lifting, kind of like letting go of your self comparison traps and things like that. And just reevaluating like, okay, my number one priority is to have a healthy and safe pregnancy, a healthy baby. And that was your number one thing that you were striving for. And like the weights didn't matter. You didn't worry about progressive overload. It's just, okay, what feels good? in my body right now and let me focus on that. Yeah, I mean, this is a good thing to practice all the time. You don't have to be sick to think about evaluating why are you doing something and and what's actually important to you. And sometimes when you get sick or you are pregnant or different things come up in your life, it kind of forces you to sit back and and look at that. But yeah, it's never a bad thing to just say, what is actually important to me in this moment? And do my workouts and what I'm actually doing in the gym line up with with what's actually important yeah we've had a you know so many different like sort of uh situations like this at our previous gym like you know someone would be going to get their master's in something or someone would be going into residency or someone would be suddenly turning into a primary caretaker like all these different types of scenarios where we'd have to really style with them and you know, tell them to sort of reset their expectations a little bit and reevaluate what their actual goals are. And I think it's a really good practice for really all situations. And you can kind of like turn up and down this sort of expectation knob um, depending on what you have going on in that season of life of yours. Yeah, absolutely.
So hopefully you just never have to implement any of this advice. Hopefully you're just always perfectly healthy. Um, but that's not the case for most people. Most people go through, you know, various illnesses throughout their life. And so hopefully this will be helpful for you in those moments, just making sure that you step back and look at the big picture and give yourself some grace. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for listening today. We really appreciate you being with us and make sure that you go over to our Instagram page at Reasonably Fit Pod and leave a comment on today's episode. We love to hear what you thought about the episode, anything that we missed or anything that you'd like us to touch on in the future. Um, it really does help us to plan things out and make sure that we're giving you the information that you want to hear. Also, something that really, really helps us out is ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. So please go over and do that now if you made it this far. We'd really appreciate it. We haven't gotten one in a couple of weeks and we've been really really sad oh <laughs> you're playing the pity card we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna guilt them <laughs> all anyway. right all right i think that's about all we have for you today until next time sweat out happiness in Woo.